Parry talks. <laughs> no, I've always wanted. <laughs> we'll start now. I've always wanted to get like, like you know, when you can pay people from like the US and they do like the big like mixtape dubs, like Parry talks. talks <laughs> I really talks, think that like, would with, like, just, like, echoes with, like, out. <laughs> No, but I this wanted to be sponsored by Grifter. <laughs> Something like that. It's actually not. No. Sorry, it's not sponsored by Grifter. I retract that statement immediately. Dude, we've been trying for years. <laughs> That's the thing. Give me like, think about how much money I already spend with that brand. Yeah. Or how much money everyone in Sydney spends in that brand. So true. And then it's like they need to give back to the dance community. Give back to I the think. community base. Because like we're I right feel here. Like, we're literally right here. I feel like a lot of the breweries and stuff are very involved in the band scene in yeah. Sydney whereas if they just went ham on the dance scene that's the market look if they handed out sours at a warehouse party it'd be game over I wouldn't buy anything else do you think I don't know if sour sours sours are it that's my favorite like favorite warehouse party drink because like it's always so refreshing it's like passable when it's warm as well and like a warm beer compared to a warm sour, I would always have a warm sour. Hot no, take. yes, I controversial that, but take. Then, but aren't you, I, when I go to a warehouse party, I've got the, I've got the cooler bag. Yeah. You put in two ice packs yeah. for like when you get injured, like for your body. Yeah. And then you slide your beers between them. When you get them. injured, what kind of warehouse parties are you going? No, to no, 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 not injured. Like say when <laughs> you play, like you know when you get ice packs for like when if you. Did your knee or whatever? Yeah, ice true. your knee. So you put two of them Some in the cooler bag, well so you can keep going. You don't even need. The- <laughs> and then when and then you put the beers in between them, and they're cold all night. Yeah, good campo as well. Good campo method. Yeah, in the in the cooler bag, you need ice in the cooler bag. If you're not rocking ice in your cooler bag, you are living a lie. <laughs> you're living a lie. Don't don't talk to me unless you're putting ice in your cooler bag. No, but I don't think real ravers know. <laughs> I don't think that. Prescriptive guide to raving. Yeah, well, that's what this podcast is. <laughs> exactly. Um, I don't think that... I feel like at a warehouse party, you want to get to the trashy alcohol very quickly. Interesting. I feel like... Oh, yeah, to be fair, every time I bought Natty Wine to a rave's never ended well, so... Exactly. And, like, there's something about drinking Natty Wine Can during you, the day out of the bottle yeah, that's fun. Yeah, out of the day of the bottle, but at, at night. Like, also opening a corked bottle at a rave is the most embarrassing thing ever, but it's kind of, like, a power move. Oh, my God. At the Logic 1000 Nectar oh, Party rip. at I the Mothership. Sad. Um, this guy bought a bottle of sparkling, like, champagne and was going to the front of the dance floor and started shaking it, and I'm like... No, don't do that. And then Logic a thousand saw it and was like, "Yeah!" And everyone was like, "Let's go!" And it no. just was spraying it over That's everyone. Hot. But it was like a forty degree day okay. into like at least a thirty two degree night. So everyone was just getting pay- washed in it, and it was the best. That, though, is like it's cool for a second, then you're sticky for the rest of the night. But like we were already sticky, babe. Yeah, true. We were already. You reach a plateau of stickiness <laughs> at that point. Wow, that was a good night. They were handing out. Like Amelia was walking around handing out ice blocks and stuff, oh. and there's one classic picture of me like having the best time ever. If you know what I mean, <laughs> if you know what I mean, sucking on an ice. If you've block ever seen me out, I'm the best time ever. By the way, this is Parry Talks. So we like, <laughs> really going. I don't in even hot. know we're like what four minutes in. Four minutes in, and the small yeah, you're talk in for is, the long haul if you're listening to this. One. <laughs> but we do have a very special guest today. We've we've shipped her in from the other side of the country. Yeah. Um, she's one of my favorite DJs, Aww. personally, on a personal level, but also from a selector level. Selector. Um, 
Mintox, thanks for coming on, by the way. Thank you for having me. It's been a long time in the works. We've always been talking about this Instagram, like, when are you coming over for your podcast? And I'm like, true, I don't know. And then all of a sudden I've ended up in Sydney for Extendo. So here we are. I think it's, it's funny that, like, just before you left Sydney initially, it was, like, last minute thing. It's like... How about like half an hour before your flight? I come to the airport with two microphones and we talk in the departures lounge. <laughs> that would have been really funny anyway. No, we like, can only do the podcast here. Yeah, so true. It's Spiritual, it- mental, physical home. Yeah. And thank you very much if you've bought tickets and didn't refund them to our party. We do appreciate you that not touching them. such a smooth segue. <laughs> but, and also thanks just everyone. We got the new comp coming as well very soon, hopefully Ayo. with some big names on it. We not should be mine, teasing but that pretty be sick. soon. <laughs> um... But yeah, why, why are you in Sydney? How did you get stuck here? Great question. I'm not technically stuck. <laughs> um, I just decided upon arriving here that instead of, okay, to contextualize this for all the listeners out there, I was supposed to be in Melbourne for all of June, um, mostly just to see friends, um, play a couple of gigs, had a few radio things planned. Um, and then, of course, at the time of recording, Melbourne's in their second lockdown, the one that's been added on to the first lockdown. Um, and I was here, I was supposed to fly up from Melbourne for a night for a gig um, and then fly back to Melbourne for another gig. And then all of that got canned. So um, decided to stay here. And it feels really nice, actually, because I had, hadn't anticipated on being in Sydney for very long. I thought I'd come up for a week, see everyone, rush on through. Um, and then go back and do my thing down in down in Melbourne. But yeah, I've just ended up here and having a good time. So yeah, thanks I think for having me. <laughs> it's an interesting thing where it's. I think it's so fair to be super disappointed when shows get cancelled and yeah. opportunities go. But at the same time, of like on my of reflecting on my emotions as well recently, where it's just like I'm towing the line between I need to acknowledge that I'm upset about this thing yeah. happening as well as acknowledging like I do not have it anywhere near as bad as say a venue 100%. or an entirely different country. Yeah. And I like my... Without a doubt, you have to really put things into perspective. And also as the old saying goes, when one door shuts, another opens. And so thankfully... <laughs> Barry's rolling his eyes over there. Um, I, thankfully, I've been able to kind of um, set up some stuff here, um, a couple of gigs, which is really nice. And also just catch up with people. I, I, I thought... I think I underestimated how much time it would take me to really um, catch with people and also hang out with so many internet friends that I made over lockdown or people that I'd met just in passing before I went overseas um, that I've been able to come back to and be like, hey, like, let's actually catch up and hang out. And so much has happened for everyone in the scene, um, no matter who you are and what space you occupy that I feel like it's been really nice to touch base with people and see how they're going and how they're traveling. I feel like as well, I know... I'd like your opinion on this as well. I feel like during COVID, the scene became the... Oh, the scene. The scene. The, scene. the underground dance scene. <laughs> um, became super, it became way more national, it felt. Yeah, 100%. That, like, like, so I was speaking to friends. Oh, yeah, sorry, don't make me going, please. <laughs> this is not on Zoom, by the way, yeah. guys. No, this is organic. <laughs> this is natural. Because um, I feel like I connected to people in Melbourne or Perth way more than I normally would because of COVID. Yeah. And I feel like now it feels like much more of a national community than it did before. Yeah, I agree. I think we all began to appreciate what we had as a wider community, but also when within our local spheres, like in Perth, um, because we were on a hard lockdown for a very long time, it was only maybe like 
two months ago that people started bringing interstate DJs over to Perth. But until then, it was all local lineups and people really appreciated the talent that we had. Um, And people turned out in droves to see their local selectors and producers and artists. And in saying that as well, I also think it fostered a lot more like close relationships with people that you are immediately surrounded with but also like I said people from Melbourne people from Sydney like even people here that I hadn't necessarily had much to do with in my time here admittedly when I was in Sydney I'd only just started being involved in the music community anyway so I was still very much a baby but I definitely found myself connecting more closely with people that I'd kind of even just admired from afar and been like, oh, true, like, I really like what you do, blah, blah, blah. And then we're having conversations and being like, let's catch up when when we're both in the same city. And that's been really cool. Yeah, so. it's, yeah it's, it's just super wholesome. At the it's moment, so awesome. It's so cute. And I think um, the capacity for people to invest in what other people are doing has been heightened as well. Like, I think everyone's so much more passionate about what other people are making or doing in terms of whether it's parties, whether it's music whether it's even clothing like everyone's like you know what art do it like and that if you're finding ways to survive or even just like thrive or survive in a time like this everyone's loving it and really around each other and i love that it's so cool back to perth back to perth (laughs) not literally let's not go back not yet yet. (laughs) ever no just kidding um where so you spoke obviously the benefits of it being so insular and that's a great thing Mm. i think in terms of building artists but where do you think that in like that insular nature or that super internal focused nature sort of has its limits like at what stage do you feel like it's like we'd almost like to be more connected sometimes but like not all the time yeah. like where where do the limits of that benefit come i think it's really beautiful that perth is isolated in the sense that everyone's quite close but it does mean that there is a separation between the eastern states and perth and i think like even going back to Perth and meeting all the beautiful people that I am friends with and live with, they're all like, we don't know anything really about Sydney and there's been no kind of way to combine the two scenes. I think it's also there's like the financial aspect of like travelling between the two cities is not accessible. Like flying between Melbourne and Sydney, theoretically, you can get a flight for 40 bucks one way. Whereas like Sydney to Perth like is like a $300 flight at minimum. Um, And it's like six hours from Sydney to Perth. So you, and then like even going from Perth to Sydney, you, you lose a full day yeah. if you're traveling with time. Um, so that like in itself, they're kind of like those arbitrary restraints that like you don't have any control over. But I think in saying that as well, like I, I think that is a big limitation that people don't acknowledge Yeah. Um, because it means that like smaller parties in Perth with no budget are not going to be able to fly artists over as comfortably or as easily as say Melbourne and Sydney could. Um, But also I think, and I say this as a reformed hater, I think for a long time people really did shit on Perth. And I definitely did as well. Like I was like, when I first left and moved over here, I was like, man, I don't know anything about Perth scene. Like I don't know what a good time is in Perth. And admittedly, like I haven't spent much of my adult life there at all. So it was really bold of me to make these statements anyway. But even just like going back to visit my family for a couple of weeks at a time, I was like, man, this place got nothing. Like <laughs> I'm always like out and about in Sydney. I know what's good, blah, blah, blah. And then it was, I think it was in 2018. Um, and that was like when I first started getting into dance music. And I went to this party. I went to a Christmas day, like on Christmas night 
beach rave, which is a thing in Perth, and they're so so cute and so fun. Beach uh, rave. Beach raves are uh, very Perth vibe. Is that the actual name of the party? Beach oh, rave. there's no such thing as a name to these parties. <laughs> Everyone just throws them and you rock up. Um, Respect. But then I went to... If you know, you know. If you know, you know. Well, it's not like it's like that, but like, yeah, you know, know, but you know. <laughs> we, we joke a lot on Parry Talks. We joke a lot. We're, we're funny. We're <laughs> funny here, guys. Um, the one person that runs Parry Talks. Really we're really funny. We're really funny, I promise. Um, and then, going back to my story, um, went to a warehouse party that was run by Good Company Records, which is one of probably the most established labels based out of Perth. Um, and it was called a Boxing Day Feast. And I'm pretty sure it was like Senate, Rosa Terenzi, Tourist Kid. And there's one other person in the lineup. I can't remember. If you're listening, I don't know if you are. I'm so sorry. You were sick. I promise. They will be listening. They will be listening. Chances are. Anyway. Um, <laughs> and I remember going to that and they had this gigantic blow up Santa over the decks. And everyone was just having the best time. The music was impeccable. And I was just there like honestly sober and being like, wow, I can't believe this exists here and everyone was so friendly and accommodating not like no one was pushy or disrespectful at all um and that to me kind of I think really sparked a change in my perspective not only on like dance music and the communities that operate within it but on what Perth had to offer and I think I did very much luck out because the millions of people I've spoken to about were like man that night fucking rocked and I was like yeah true but from then, I think I came back to Sydney and only moved back to Perth in last year because of COVID. But then I always had a little bit of a niggling that something would be happening there. Um, and so when I came back, I was I truly was a reformed hater. And now I've been spreading the gospel of Perth yeah. around. And here we anyone, are. Yeah. Anyone that will listen, if you're still listening, thank you. Um, I won't I think, stop. I think, no, no, don't. I think, I think what you're talking about before with the criticisms of the how internal it is is way more criticism on their eastern states than it is perth mm. whereas we're not educated on even people in sydney aren't educated on what's happening in like even melbourne yeah like across the road let alone perth i think, so people I think are it's very way like, more criticism yeah. on us than it is and it's very easy to be absorbed in what's happening immediately around you because there's so much sick stuff happening that it's so easy to forget about what you could engage with elsewhere and admittedly like you know we, I think we could all do a bit more to engage with like mixtape series in different cities and be like, all right, these are local selectors. Like, gonna give a shout out to my homies back at home, Crab Claw. Um, that also, I'll tell you the origin story of how I met everyone, which is really, really cute. Um, but not right now. They do a mix series every. Why not? Why, I'll get to it. Um, they do a mix series every week called their Shell Tapes, and um, it's pre- predominantly local selectors, and often a lot of people that don't DJ out, or if they are, they've only only just started, but. No, it's a really great archive of what Perth has to offer. And I think we all could do more to listen to stuff like that and engage with that, not even just like, you know, Eastern States to Perth, but likewise in return. I feel like Perth people do look a lot to interstate for inspiration and for listening as well. Like so many of my, um, like my housemates and I always listen to Brexit on Skylab every Friday and stuff like that. Um, And that kind of, there's definitely like a habit of people doing that um, for interstate yeah. radio and mixtapes. But I, yeah, I think we could all do more to engage in different scenes and kind of mesh them all together a bit more. So Here's, here's a question that sort of changes the topic and we'll get back to yeah, the, I know. the topic we're on. Yeah, but I just, I just thought of this then. Go on. Are we living stereotypes? I think we Me might be. Yeah. I think we might be. I, I've never once shied away from the fact that I think I'm a walking stereotype. And I, I think if you own it, 
and acknowledge its shortcomings, <laughs> you're on the right path, I like to think. I feel like I always do the thing where I always try to convince myself I'm not like them. Yeah. But at the end of the day, every now you just sit back. Like those, that Spotify, bloody... Only you. Only you. <laughs> that only you campaign, those bastards. <laughs> like, it, I just like looked at mine and I was like, okay... I think I might start after owning this. Yeah. Where it's like, no, no, I'm the hip hop guy that goes to dance parties. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, Parry, no, See, you're not. all of mine's just like 90s pop. <laughs> it's like, and also it's like, only you would play Jesse Lonza after Black Eyed Peas. And I'm like, I mean, that I really liked. Everything else is like, you listen to Kylie. And I was like, yes, I listen to Kylie, okay? I listen to Kylie all the time. I'm, maybe that's like my own stereotype. It's like, of course, like, I listen to dance music, but I also really like Kylie. And <laughs> but is that not, yeah, that is like, Fundamental stereotype as well. I'm different. I listen yeah. to pop music. <laughs> I listen to pop music. Pop music is great. I swear, it's underrated. <laughs> if more people listen to pop music, the world would be a better place. <laughs> I don't think we need more people listening to pop music. But like, honestly, go off if you want to. It's like we get it. You listen to Rosa Terenzi for 23 hours a day. <laughs> hours it's a day. like, so what the hell? Spotify's like checking in on you. Rosa Terenzi on World Off. Honestly. You know those like. Shout out to shout out to another Perth legend. Exactly. Another Perth legend. See, segue, it always comes back. I know. No, but like, it's like you're listening to Wilson Tanner for like four and a half hours and <laughs> the FBI sends you a message. And they're like, everything all right? It's like the Netflix thing. It's if you've been listening to Wilson Tanner for 23 hours. Do you want to keep playing? It's like, yes. <laughs> I'm still here, babe. I'm still here, babes. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> the segues are unlocked today. Oh, no. Wow. Um, Let's take it back. Yeah, cool. Let's take it back to the original, the, the, the start, roots. the roots. Yeah. What was the first, so lived in Perth mm-hmm. for your younger years, mm-hmm. came to Sydney. Yeah. And then how did coming to Sydney become you DJing? Yeah, well, I feel Give like, me that time frame. Um, so I moved to Sydney for uni at the beginning of 2016. Which uh, university? University of Sydney. Shout out you, Sid, baby. Uh, Fisher I, Library, shout out. I'm not, shout outs, honestly. Shout out all of the all-nighters I've done there in that sweltering <laughs> cavern of a place. Um, anyway, don't want to give them any more airtime than they've already got. Um, I started volunteering at FBI Radio at the beginning of 2019. And I only really started listening to dance music, kind of like I said, towards the end of 2018 I don't even remember what I was really listening to before then to be honest but I also think that I like grew up listening to like Triple J's house party and stuff so that's where it all started baby um and I started producing for Bridie Tanner who did the morning show on Mondays and Tuesdays with um Brie Kennedy who is DJ Bria shout out another queen um going off going absolutely off at the moment we love it so much Um, give them money i know <laughs> just throw it pay them pay them <laughs> just throw wads of cash literally one of those like money guns honestly i'm gonna get one anyway i mean i've actually been thinking about this for a while i'm so glad i brought that up anyway um i started producing monday mornings and then did the presenters course about halfway through 2019 um and had i have so much um to thank fbi for in terms of um, exposing me to lots of different local artistry and so many different sounds that I didn't think I actually was that into until I was exposed to it on a regular basis. But um, when I started doing the presenters course, I would come in doing the overnights for um, like one till 6am by yourself or with someone else. Um, and before every show that I come in for, I'd come in like an hour beforehand and practice on the 
decks in the spare studio. And it would just be me like clanging random tech house tracks into each other being like, I don't know what I'm doing, but let's go. Yeah, let's go. Um, I had definitely a couple of people point me in the right direction as well, which is really, really nice. Um, but then it just started happening and I started getting booked a lot. And then, um, that's where I'm at. And then I went overseas on uni exchange, more likely just to go out and go to gigs and do radio and play gigs. But yeah, that was like my trajectory. It's been quite short, but, um, very jam packed, um, which is, I think the key reason as to why I am where I am today. So. Perfect. If you've listened to Parry Talks, I know you have, Jess. <laughs> I have. There's one thing we love doing, yeah. and that's giving some praise, giving <laughs> some <laughs> shout-outs. So who are some of those people in Sydney early on, do you think, that did guide you in the right direction or you looked up to, not so much in like a inspiration yeah. way, but in a way where it's like, they're doing cool shit, I like what they're doing. How can they infiltrate my life or yeah. me learn off them? Like, who are those faces and people? I think, and a lot of these people like pointed me in the right direction, not by actually like us directly engaging but by me being in an environment where they were a presence um and i do have to shout out like i've only met her like once or twice but andy garvey was a big inspiration for me um because like listening to pure space was one of the first times i was like true i there's like a woman girl boss killing it um but also literally she um killing it doing a weekly show like expressing what kind of music she loves and is passionate about also giving a platform to artists that you know are emerging um all the time and like that to me was really sick sunsets being like a regular slot on a pair with Adi Tui and now of course like the um deeper and also that kind of stuff as well um deeper as well a really great influence as well having chats with her while i just started out at fbi was so so nice like me asking so many stupid questions being like oh like do you have a show and she's like yeah i do lunch times i was like oh shit oh big dog nice like thank you and um running into people at gigs as well um danny dame as well super lovely people that i feel very proud to call my peers because they were always so nice and welcoming to me when i first started um and even Murph Sarita as well, such an amazing mentor who like took so much time to like chat with me, um, which I really, really admire and respect. Um, but also as a whole, I think so many collectives that operate in Sydney that I didn't have a lot to do with, but I always would watch or yeah. go to events and admire, um, like Velodrome. And I know I'm they really... do not need any more props than oh, they already get. No, I'm joking, man. Good um, friends of the show, as they say. Good friends of the show, but like people like that um, were even if I didn't wasn't directly associated with yeah. them. Watching them do what they do with a lot of care, love, and respect um, for the platforms and privilege that they hold has definitely inspired me to approach things with a, like balanced ethos and like being considerate and like proud of the communities that we operate in. Yeah. And that was a joke, by the way. We I love, know. we love we, that. I know, joke I know you love. <laughs> and if you don't, if, like, if you if don't, you, if you don't know, <laughs> we're funny. They, they like move an inch, and on my story, I'm like, <laughs> you're like, deserve everything. Like, um, pay them. Yeah. Pay them. <laughs> no, don't pay them. <laughs> um, I think that's one of my biggest regrets, really. When I had more time not doing presenter training. Mm. Oh, it it gave me so much confidence. Like even, I. Funnily enough, as you'd have it, I don't know if you'd believe me when I say this, but I'm not a particularly, like, outgoing person <laughs> when it comes down to it. This is all, like, 
years and years of practice of like having to put myself out there in order to pursue things that I want to do. And so the presenters course, like you are sitting in a studio and unless you're doing presenting with another person, you're not talking to anyone. You're having to like imagine the people that you are talking to. Um, and obviously sometimes if you're lucky, you get a text in being like, yeah. yo, love it, love it. Keep going. Like, thanks Brad from, I don't know, <laughs> could you? Anyway. Um, and so it really makes you have to like trust your own authority in what you're saying to people and the, the vibe that you're providing. Yeah. Um, and so, sorry to stunt the conversation, but no, there's probably, sure. we're probably talking to like one to 200 people right now. Oh, so. hello. <laughs> Hi. Um, yeah, and well, I just signed like a life contract with Nomad, like an exclusive radio contract with Nomad for like the next 60 years. They've locked me in. So. Yeah, nice. Sorry, FBI, I'm sort of tied yeah. up well, with <laughs> a life contract. Sorry. They take 100% of the money I earn I carry for the that rest contract of time. On, I carry that contract with me always. It's, it's in my pan bag right <laughs> it's now. It's in my pan bag right now. If you want to get it off me and burn it, good luck. No, and it's got an NDA on it as well, so yeah. I can't really tell people about it. Oh, well, we've just told 100 to 200 people. Um. Yeah, no, but like even with something like Nomad as well appearing, it just shows the importance of community radio, I think. Yeah. Not so much for, or I think separate from FBI, but definitely for something like Nomad where it's not so much for, you know, clout or recognition yeah. or just like, it's not like a business decision, I don't think, to go into a community radio station you like that. You don't make money. Do it, you don't make yeah, exactly. money from but if, community radio. Yeah, if you do no something like that, it's because... You, you straight away engage yeah. with a group of people like the nomad family or the fbi family yeah. is so tight and i think it provides so much value that people don't give it enough credit for yeah and i really i 100 percent back that because everywhere that i've been over the last couple of years it's always been community radio that has given me the support and and RTR as well, and of RTR, course. RTR like FM. That, we're going to give that its own shout out. Just yeah, like, like, oh, don't get stressed. Me wearing my RTR merch right now. I nearly wore my RTR hoodie on top of my RTR shirt. And I was like, that's a bit on the nose. Like, can't holster it, babe. Um, but yeah, it was community radio everywhere. Like EHFM in Edinburgh. Um, like I just sent them an email when I was over there being like, hey, like I, I do a show on this station called um, Nomad Radio. I'd love to like co-host my show on your station. And they were just like, absolutely come in do it, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then I also produced there a little bit. And it was those kind of communities that give you the support and encouragement with what you're doing. And I, when people ask me why I do music, like you, I love, I love going out and I love DJing. It's so fun. And I, no one can deny that, but it is community radio at the end of the day that makes me like I'm even like tearing up about it right now it makes me so happy and it makes so many other people out there happy and you can't like understate the importance of it to like people who listen or who are involved yeah because it means everything to them and yeah. I didn't realize how much it could mean to someone until I did it myself yeah. so if you're out there thinking about doing it just do it just yeah. do it it's like I I signed up to volunteer at FBI kind of because I was like oh I study media at uni I like liked I liked my radio unit at uni like I don't no heaps about radio, but this could and be fun. And now you're stuck. And now I'm stuck. <laughs> no, Can't I get rid of me. Firstly, many tears have been many tears have been shed on Parry Talks. Uh, <laughs> you're not the first, so don't be embarrassed. I'm not embarrassed um, at all. I just um, wish you could all see it. You know. <laughs> uh -huh. Okay, so the gossip is there's a reason. The reason I don't have video today, and like 
don't if people slam me for not having video today don't do that none of you watch the videos you'll listen on spotify i'm also looking so crusty right now so i'm honestly quite glad <laughs> so i forgot i lost my selfie stick okay and that's what we record the videos on a selfie confession stick. alert yeah lost um, a selfie stick. and back to the real yarns <laughs> before we get too distracted about selfie sticks yeah. um i think being engaged in a community where you don't make money is it's such it's like where do i get my motivation from yeah and when you engage with the faces and the people it makes it a thousand times easier like that's i think it was so hard during covid or it's yeah because like, you don't have that exactly we don't have some connection but that's why online radio has been especially crucial and the way that um platforms have evolved to use that as you know a driving force and factor like that is critical to the way that radio is going to survive as a platform because being realistic like for the most part people that are not directly engaged with it like you just turn on the radio when you're in your car or like people will turn on hottest 100 when it's yeah. hottest 100 day and like you know i can respect that because you know some people engage with different mediums in a different way like i personally don't watch tv like or even movies really like yeah I only, i'm so I, like that as well i i only listen to music and like even you know like it, that that to me is my thing and so it makes sense that that is like what i connect to um but yeah like you can't understate how important it is to people to have these platforms and like the influence that it has on you regardless of whether you're like involved or a punter just like yeah i could i could go on about this for days we should <laughs> have track you know what we should do <laughs> I think I think me and you could do it. Yeah, go on. We could break the record for the world's longest podcast. Ooh. Wouldn't that be funny? How I reckon. Surely we could talk like. Six, I reckon seven maybe hours. we should send an email to Guinness World Records, get someone in. I reckon we could yarn for so long. Well, no, what we could do is it just it could just be me and you if you want to be selfish, but we could have like a marathon. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. And we could live stream it. That would be really funny. And we're all just like on Red Bull middle of the night being like, what kind of weird yarns can we spin right now that are like community radio appropriate? <laughs> but yeah, that's the thing. It has, the yarns have to be parry talks relevant. Oh man, you could, you could talk for fucking weeks. Sorry, <laughs> not to be like too blunt about it, but the man's got pipes. You um, know? <laughs> oh my God, I'm actually going to do that. We can just get a live stream going. We could do it. Oh, it could be a fundraiser. Oh, you're and hearing then we it here first. That's sick. Get the live stream. Yeah. We can just get like six... Six or seven people. You know who I'm immediately thinking of? Pajama Sundays. Yeah. Oh, no, oh, they just take over. I, they would, but that would be really funny. Don't spoil future guests, babe. <laughs> haven't they already been on your podcast, babe? No, they haven't. Have they not? I'm pretty sure I've seen them. No, like, they haven't. They haven't. I, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fact check you. Not right now, but I will fact check you later. No, no, no. I, I'd know. They're not one of the 60 alumni. Alright, whatever. There will be soon. But yeah, I think that's such a... Are we all going to get... <laughs> business meeting. Yeah, business meeting on air. Um, yeah, anyway, we're losing track. Ask me a question. <laughs> <laughs> Babe, you've clearly never listened to Parry Talks. If, if, if we're not wasting our time. Not wasting, yeah. No, we're not wasting time. No, I feel like this is interesting for the audience. Yeah. This is how, it this, is this is how it works. Yeah. This is how it operates. Give know? us a shout out if you get to this point in the podcast. Like, let us know if you find this interesting. I'm sure you do. I will get messages <laughs> being like, Parry, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> Oh my God, don't up. do ASMR on Paradox ASMR. Can that be a segment on the fundraiser? Yeah. Who else would we bring on there? Um, okay, I feel, I feel like... I'm sure, sure you'd have to have features from your alumni, but also like new guests. Because it could stagger as like... Yeah. Because if it's a live stream, we could have two hours of conversation. Yeah. 
and then I can MC like a guest mix. That'd be sick. And that still counts as podcasting yeah, almost. Yeah, for sure. And then, I mean, if you're MCing technically. So, yeah. Oh my God, we're so doing this. We're so good at this. Oh, imagine a 12 hour. When people say, why do you do things that you don't get paid for? It's not only because it provides so much joy to people, but it's also so fun. Yeah. Like, you know. Also, at the same time, I've said this a couple of times, but I'll say it again, that people give me credit for parry talks. I'm like, don't give me credit. It's the most selfish thing ever. It's just like, <laughs> who, what are the con- what connections can I make with people and have super nice, real conversations with them in real life? Yeah. And then be like, give them a platform and yeah. then give myself a platform. It's not selfish at all, though. But no, but like- it is because then what happens is... I get, you the, clout. I get industry connections, I get baby. Clout. Sorry, clout king over here. Alert. Anyway. No, and also the same. It is selfish because I have some of my closest friends now are people, people that you... I first had conversations yeah. with. Embarrass- it's weird. But that's beautiful. And I think like you say it's selfish, but I don't think you can discount the importance it is for, has for other people. Like don't like you sell yourself short yet also boost yourself so high, which I think is also credit to you. Power. Power to you, babe. I think... Rule number one of parry talks is don't give parry any any ego beyond what he already that has. That head, that head swelling, literally in front of me. If the video was on, it's <laughs> really from the really chocolate factory head. business of it. Do you have a really small head? If you guys send me hats, smaller size, please. <laughs> if you guys send me hats. <laughs> um, all right, let's talk about you. Oh. <laughs> hey, it's back to me. Um, Club Jewels. Yes. Epic name. Um, thank you. I just randomly came up with it because I was kind of like reminded of Bratz, like Bratz yeah. dolls. Oh, I never know. Because the artwork's so... Because I, I drew that. I drew the like logo and then Nat Dawes, shout out Nat Dawes, my fucking queen, um, like kind of restyled it and rejigged it to make it look more like a logo. Um, and so yeah, I just like randomly came up with it because the origin story of Club Jewels. I'll actually give a whole rundown of how this came to be because I feel from like... From the top. From the top because I feel like... Um, it is worth shouting out all of the people that are remotely associated with it. Anyway, when I first moved to Perth, I was living with my parents, knew nobody, was very much kind of feeling like, I know I will find people in the scene that I can resonate with. I just don't know where to start. And so I posted a mix I did in the Facebook community for the Whip Project, based out of Melbourne. So many shout Shout outs to Whip Project and the crew associated my heart, so full. Anyway, I posted a mix I did in one of the threads that was like, what things that you've been working on Friday Friday thread? And I posted this mix and I was like, hey, look, I've just moved to Perth. I don't know anyone here. I don't know what's going on. If anyone would like to link up, please let me know. And my friend Kaylin Crab, she reached out to me. She was like, hey, look, I do radio at RTRFM. Um, I throw parties, I DJ. Um, if you want to come to mine for a drink sometime, that'd be great. I invited me to like just this casual drinks at her house. And then suddenly I just kept like hanging out with them suddenly, sort of like sleeping on the couch and then <laughs> just hanging out with them. Oh. Just hanging out. Um, and then I um, moved in with her boyfriend <laughs> and um, became really, really close with that group of friends and um, have so much to thank Kaylin for for that because it takes so much courage to reach out to a random person and be like, look, I don't even know if this is going to be a vibe, but like. I'm just going to, you know, be nice Um, anyway. And so we became really, really close and randomly, I think it was end of, towards end of last year, we messaged each other. Like Kaylin messaged me being like, I want to throw DJ workshops. And I'd been thinking about this for a while as well. I was like, oh, I'd kind of like to be able to like invite people to my house if my housemates were comfortable and like give some time, like an hour of like my own time 
and be like, Hey, like I'm happy to like teach you some stuff. I'm no expert, but like I would be more than happy to like show you the basics or if you have like a bit more experience, like a couple of tips and tricks that I have. Um, and so I was like, yeah, I'd love to throw workshops. And then the more we spoke about it and the more as Perth summer kind of eventuated, we realized that in complement to what is already existing in Perth scene, there's there was space for more DJ workshops because there's already like there was already a community called Soul Alphabet, which are amazing as well in Perth, um, that predominantly catered to people of colour um, and certain marginalised communities that we probably weren't the right people to like yeah. initially engage with um, because we don't want to take up space in that regard. Um, if they're doing a fucking, if they're doing sorry, <laughs> if they're doing an incredible job already as well. Yeah, we would want to work in conjunction and yeah, harmony yeah. with that as well. Um, and we realised there was room to throw DJ workshops, but also safe event workshops because um, probably some of you that are listening would have seen how Perth blew up over summer, and it felt like, in a way, like a, a little bit of guilt that other people weren't able to experience the what party was capital of the world. The party capital of the world, Perlin, baby, Perkhine, <laughs> like it. <laughs> Bergheim. Shout out to Breckabite Hall. Anyway, um, it really popped off. But also there was this attitude that I feel like a little, pervaded the scene a little bit for a while where people were like, this is every party was the last party on earth kind of vibe. Yeah. And everyone was going really, really hard. And for the most part, it was great. But it started, the energy at certain parties started getting quite intense um, to the point whereby like, people did forget about personal space and boundaries and respect. Not everyone, but like I did notice. It only takes one or two. It only takes one to or two. It for everybody. And like for my own experience, like I was on a dance floor at a party, which is run by friends of mine that like their commitment to providing beautiful experiences to people is second to none. And I got groped on a dance floor and I had never had that, like thankfully, and I know that this is not an, like an isolated issue for many people. Many people have experienced this. I had never been groped on a dance floor before and I just remember feeling like okay we'd already thought about club jewels and already kind of thought about what it could be but then having it's it often does take you know an individual experience to be like no there is space and a need for stuff like safe event workshops and we're still hashing out what it's going to be but at the moment we're hosting fundraisers at um, this venue called The Bird in Perth which is a bit of an an institution they've been around for like a decade Um, and it's like a really intimate community focused venue um we're throwing fundraisers at the moment to um provide said workshops and reimburse mentors and facilitators for their time um and also using it as a platform to book artists and book like great diverse lineups of not just you know like women and people of color and part of the lgbtiqa plus community but also you know emerging djs that haven't played parties before um and so i think that it's been a really beautiful experience to see how receptive people in Perth are to this because when we did our first fundraiser people came out in droves and it was a Wednesday night and like the feeling of how important it felt to people even when we first started the social media platforms and presence people responding to us being like this is sick like thank you for doing this and even like Rock Riley who is like the biggest legend in the Perth community shout outs to her she is genuinely so incredible an inspiration to so many people i remember her saying because she worked with um soul alphabet quite a lot as well she was like you know soul alphabet's doing so many other different things and they're you know thinking about where they're going um and doing their own thing and it's really nice to have something else that's like working alongside that and it was like everyone's enthusiasm 
um, for what was happening made me realize that what we are doing and what we're hoping to achieve is going to be really special. And it's definitely not going to be perfect because we're still, we're, we're no experts and myself, I've never thrown parties or like done workshops in my life before, but I would love for Club Jewels to be like a little bit of a blueprint to helping people either like think about the way that they book their parties or like the environment they're trying to create or even if people want to get involved and be a mentor or come to workshops and you know say what they're thinking and have provide a space that is safe and comfortable so that we can think about what we can do to make events and our community happier and safer for everyone definitely i think Sorry, big tangent. No, that's, but that's not a tangent at it's all. It's, it's like the baby. opposite of a it's tangent. It's my baby. So, um, yeah. I feel like the importance of dance floors is that it's the safe place for so yeah. many people where it's like the Monday to Friday is a grind, but it's like, you know, like you can finally feel at home somewhere and that home can be a dance floor yeah. for so many people. And then if that space becomes unsafe, it's like, it's dangerous. Yeah, like well, it's not. Exactly. And these, like, we have to acknowledge that dance floor spaces were like black queer spaces when they first originated. And if we can do whatever we can to, like, revisit where it all came from and really espouse those values, then that benefits everyone involved. Because, like you said, like, I've had so many moments of transcendence and joy and happiness on a dance floor that I haven't found in other parts of my life. That's another reason why I do what I do is so that I can, like foster that yeah that it just feels like it's so important that all of us in whatever capacity that we're in seek to do more and like you know everything you you put everything in perspective and like you do what you can don't feel like and that's the thing it's like i never want club jewels to be like a soon police because like you know that loses the whole purpose of it anyway if you know we're going around being like your party's not good enough (laughs) like that's never the point it's just really important for like us to all think more because i feel like after a while um and this is a debate i had with my parents when i first started out they were like oh are you sure you're not just like going out to party and i was like oh well like that's a fun it's not judgmental at all yeah not judgmental um and i feel like my parents weren't judgmental either they were just more worried about like the stereotypical like haha party lifestyle um and so the way that i've been able to like explain to my family which is like the immediate kind of support network that i have that what we do goes beyond that not just with club jewels but with everyone that to me makes me believe in the power of like the dance music community and what we do and the influence we have on people's lives it's crazy to think like how many times i've just fully spaced out on dance floors like and just been yeah and then like sort of like someone closes opens the door at old freighters and being like wait what like yeah that's the thing (laughs) and like i always catch myself like now being a little bit more involved, I always catch myself thinking so much on a dance floor because I'm like, oh, like thinking about the party and thinking about the music. And I'm like, you know what? If I can try and like use this space to just not think and like be present in a moment. And if I can try and like help people experience the same thing, like you said, the grind, nine to five, life is tough. We all have, we all have shit going on. That's really hard in our lives. And going out is a respite from that. And it shouldn't be anything but, you know? But I think that's the interesting thing of... Well, anything, but I mean, that's a loaded statement, but like, yeah. you know, you know what I mean. Yeah. In terms of just a space where you can go and zen out yeah, and, and not just, worry about the and world. And not worry about the world. Yeah. But at the same... And, and that's why safety on dance floors is so important. And at the same time as well, I think there's an interesting line that I've struggled with recent, not recently, like just yeah. over this whole tenure is I feel like sometimes the more you get involved 
the less you feel like you're just going and zending out because you're yeah, worrying and thinking about things that you're meant to be worrying and thinking about 100%. things. And the hard thing is that I'm um, like my brain, I'm a huge overthinker. And when I'm like on a dance where I'm watching a DJ play, I'm always thinking about like the, the technical aspects yeah, of things as well. And I'm horrible. always like, and it's like, it's not horrible in the sense that like, I, I feel very privileged to be able to like watch DJs and be like, damn, they do this or like, blah, blah, blah. And even the privilege of like being going back to back with certain artists and like watching them from the get go. Like, um, I went back to back with Merve at a recent warehouse party Crazy. in Perth, which Shout is so out. sick. Shout out Merve. She's such a bad bitch. I love her. Um, so much. So much. Foul, like, no, I was going to say so much foul language know, coming I'm from sorry, your I'm corner. Sorry. <laughs> it's <all> good. <laughs> but, um, even just being able to like work with people in an immediate context and see what they do. Like it's such a privilege, but you definitely do. Like, I definitely need to catch, I catch myself and be like, you know what? The first you came out to enjoy yourself and that's what you're going to do. And when I do catch myself and do that, and it's the support of my friends that helps that as well. Cause there's so many of my close friends that don't DJ yeah. and they're like, they deliberately don't because they're like, we love going out. You get sucked and in. I yeah. love that. And yeah. I'm so happy that they do that because they remind me of the bigger picture and that to me, I'm like, oh, I'm so glad. <laughs> but that's the best thing about dance communities as a whole is that it feels like you. Can't, it's almost impossible to go as just a punter. Like yeah. it always, there's always, always some kind of like involvement. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's like even if you don't have any involvement, if you feel safe and comfortable in a space, that's when you know that space. Yeah, is it like that to me? And when I see punters come out and they have a sick time and they're not even like remotely engaged, even if they don't listen to dance music, if they're having a good time and they're being respectful and like everything is just on point for them. I'm like, that's it. Yeah. That's what we want. We like, we want everyone who is like, has some line of involvement to have a good time as well. But I'm like, at the end of the day, it's the people out there that like go out just because they want to enjoy themselves. And yeah. we should be like making spaces for them. And there aren't enough spaces for and them. Not, it's so yeah. insular and so closed off. Yeah. That's another thing. And democratize it. Democratize the space. <laughs> like if anyone, if anyone at any point thought that I was like, Unapproachable, please come and say hello because I would love to meet you. All right, this is, <laughs> this is my this is my me calling myself out here. I'm like, if I come across like a scene scene wanker, please hold me accountable. I think, and like we are running out of time, so we're yeah. gonna get into some silly yarns. Okay, we spoke about democratizing dance music. Yeah, let's keep it Sydney focused. Yeah, because I feel like people probably listening probably know the names oh, in Sydney. Predominantly, more. yeah. <laughs> Who would be like? The Prime Minister, the Treasurer, the, like, <laughs> the Minister for the Arts, Oof. the, like, Oof. Transport Manager. Transport, I think Garvey has to be Prime Minister, right? I feel like she Or Mike would... Hu, maybe. Oh, what a honey. Maybe Mike Hu can be, like... He got Secretary vibes. Yeah, he does. Oh, yeah. No, but Secretary is so important. Oh, Everyone no, thinks Mike... they just take agenda notes. It's no, wrong. Mike Hu oh. is the Speaker. Oh, like, you know. yes. I would love that. He'd just wear, like, his little lo-fi Chicho shirt and be like, hey, what's up? Oh, Mike, who the speaker? Oh, I'd wow. give Garvey prime. I'd vote for Garvey. For I'd vote for Garvey. Star. I'd vote for Garvey. I feel like I've always appreciated her authority without being, like, inaccessible. I yeah. really back that. Um, True, and that's what you need in the Who's leader. good at maths? <laughs> Parry? All right, Parry can be treasurer. I think like, I'd do a good job of being treasurer. All right. I'm I think a, you would too. I study finance. The budget would be hilarious to watch. <laughs> Your budget would be so funny to watch. Riders. Riders. 90% of the budget. <laughs> 90% of the budget is riders. Uh, what other you positions all are get a little um, budget, whatever it is, like a, um, it's not, I don't know the words. I'm not that smart. But you all get a little um, bit of money to buy your CDJs. But I feel like as well, <laughs> I feel like as well, we could do like a couple, 
like as the prime minister oh. duo, like the body oh, promise. Like head boy, head girl. Oh my god, body promise. <laughs> it's boy, like head girl. Oh, I hate Scorpion, that. DJ Scorpion, Amelia as like the prime minister, and then Doug as first man. Oh yeah, that's sick. That's, that's sick, epic actually. Well. That's epic. Yeah, I, I back that. Um, I'm trying to think. What are, what other cabinet positions do we have? Transport minister. <laughs> Who takes the most Ubers? Who takes the, Uber, the most Ubers out of anyone? I don't really Uber that much. Oh, I, I wish I didn't. But I feel like I Uber a lot in Perth because it's like a $15 Uber anywhere if you're going like any that far. True. I, I think as well with the transport budget would just be like put all our money into the... <laughs> Central to Sydney. Oh my god! That, that channel. Everyone. Oh let's go. no! But you've got to That'll be, be the most dang democratize, democratize it, baby. You've got to get Western Sydney in there. Don't forget that. True, but as in, I feel like it's so insular. Like yeah, true. It'd be I'm like that's to, where they put the money. I'm just trying to think of who I would put as transport minister. Minister for health. You. Oh, health and wealth. <laughs> health is wealth, baby. Oh yeah. Who else? Who else is authority that we're missing out on? Maybe like what we can do instead of it being like someone's a prime minister. Like each sort of like group of people has their own sort of like responsibility. So like the record store can be like, like the record store crew can be like distribution and like oh nice like as like like a the store like the commerce hub like oh they can do they can do the economy they can be wow. the minister for economy the record store. Can you imagine? Store. Can you imagine? Yeah, this is a cabinet room. It's <laughs> just like everyone listening to music, anyway. <laughs> digging for tracks. Anyway, this sounds gone for too long. <laughs> Garby for PM. Garby for PM. Anyway. Dance PM. Dance PM. Have you got anything else you want to ask me? <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, go on. I want to talk do about it. takeaway food. Yeah, oy. We always do. Yum. Um, what's your go-to, like, takeaway, like, big dog chain takeaway? Oof. Um, okay. If I'm in Sydney, my favourite fast food is fishbowl. I know that... No, no, I'm not talking fishbowl. I'm, I'm not, talking you're trash. You're talking trash? Okay, well, sorry. I did have to shout out Fishbowl because I dreamt about those meals before I came back here. Anyway. Um, is Fishbowl not in Perth? No. It's a, such a Sydney thing. Come on. Is it's it? It's the most Bondi thing know. I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, and it rocks. Yeah, fucking slaps. Um, like, go-to takeaway. There the was Dirty a, Bird? Or, see, I feel like that's the mo- like the quickest like satisfaction to disappointment yeah. ratio out of all fast foods is KFC. But I crave that sometimes. Yeah, but you crave it, then you eat it, and then you're just like... Oh. No, but I crave the downfall. You crave the downfall. I, I never crave, crave a downfall, baby. Horrible. Upward trajectory only. <laughs> um, I f- there was a point where I was obsessed with McVeggies from McDonald's last They're year. They're horrible. They're actually not that bad. They're horrible. But no. I think it's also because I, like me and my really good friend in Perth, Bruna, we'd like come home from a night out and we'd just punish a McVeggie on her couch and watch her play Skyrim, and like that was that was my life for a solid That'll four months it. or a while. Um, I feel like I'll always like default to McDonald's. Okay. I know, yeah, I know, disappointing, but at the same time, like I feel the kebab from any store. <laughs> also, oh, shout out to the kebab store next to Connections Nightclub in Perth that do deep fried lasagna. No, that needs a bullet. That, that, no, no Put the lasagna up against the wall and I'll get the shotgun. It needs to go. No, that sounds horrid. I, I don't condone violence. It's actually delicious. That was a um, lucky... You don't condone violence. I don't condone violence. No um, one's getting you, hurt. You woke up today and chose violence. Anyway, um, that one also goes out to a friend in both Lucky Pete. He's his DJ named Pete Foley. He introduced me to that because <laughs> we came out of, we came out of um, connections at like 5am and I was like, oh, where the food at? And he was like, deep fried lasagna. Trust me on this one. It was delicious. Okay. So it's deep fried lasagna for me. I won't talk until I try it. Yeah. You have to come to Perth. Shit me over there, babe. 
ship me over like you ship me over. Yeah, yeah, I did not pay for your flights. You did not pay for my flights. Yeah, um, just to say. That's like 52 minutes. We did it. Parry talks. Min talks. Thank you so much. Thank you it's for been coming really fun. on. I hope this is the best interview you did in Sydney. I've, I don't, this is the only interview I've done in Sydney. So you did another one that shall not be named. Did I? Oh. I'm not talking about it. Oh, okay. Beef. We've got beef with the person you did interview with. We did beef. Well, all right. Okay. I'm joking. Shout okay. out to Min Talks. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank we you really so much, appreciate Harry. it. Um, yeah, catch Min Talks in Sydney. Hopefully, she'll be on a couple lineups soon. She might be. Keep an eye out. There's a couple. And some radio work as well coming up. So, Perfect. if Listen you like up. listening, all the socials will be in the description anyway. Get it. Like, comment, subscribe, baby. <laughs> um, yeah. Thank you. Peace. Ayo. Clap. <laughs>